Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop. This is episode 113, and it is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023, and the playoffs are rocking and rolling. Um, I think some states are already wrapped up or are wrapping up. I know, um, I think Arizona's pretty deep into their playoffs. Um, I think Oklahoma might have declared state champions already. Yes. Then one of our, one of our festival teams ended up winning six, eight, correct? Bixby won. They did. Bixby won six, eight. Yeah. Yeah. That was was a really good team. So that's, that's not too surprising there. So Oklahoma's wrapping up. Arizona's getting close. Texas uh, threw a couple rounds and, and heading that way towards the state, uh, the state tournament there at, at, at Round Rock and Dishfalk Field and other places. So uh, got a lot to talk about. We uh, we didn't get to our playoff games that we saw previously. Um, our last episode was our predictions episode, which um, that that first day of playoff games, I was thinking, oh boy, <laughs> we're going to look like idiots here uh, in about two days. But I think, I think we're doing okay. Are, are we still kind of hanging in there okay with, with with who we well, got and there haven't been too many upsets but a lot of those first and second round matchups um there are a lot of really good two really good teams playing each other um in the first round and especially in the second rounds but i don't think we're doing too bad i think we're still hanging in there pretty good we're doing okay um i i went through i i lost a big one when i lost when i had frisco go down that was that was tough for my Tough for my bracket. Um, just another good reason why I don't bet on sports. Um, <laughs> Let's but, hope you're not betting on high school yeah, baseball. We'd have and, we'd have more of a problem than betting on sports. Well, yeah, I, Alabama's finding that out right now. But yes. um, so yeah, and then we lost lost uh, Hebron this past weekend, so that was tough. But for the most part, I got got a lot still in it. Um, excited to see some of the matchups over the next couple potential matchups i should say over the next couple weeks but um yeah we're doing okay we're doing okay with our with our predictions um we'll look really right and really wrong on a bunch of stuff from here on out so yeah um it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see who ends up better but we've both still got some some uncommon ones um still going so that'll be with the chance to square off pretty soon so that'll be fun to watch for sure yeah yeah you know especially look at 6a you know eight teams left per region stuff like that there's about to be some really really big matchups then looking ahead could be some potential um just elite types of programs meeting there to discuss uh regional files and stuff so yeah we're hanging in there okay i I thought the way things started that we were going to be in big big trouble with some of the way those first games happened and things like that so um hanging in there okay but uh we've seen a lot of games i got a lot of teams to talk about what we plan to do is kind of work backwards to forwards going through some of the games that we've seen um last week uh actually two weeks ago and then most recently this past week leading into this final area around here of, of 6A and stuff like that. Just kind of spend some time talking about what we saw. It won't be kind of a, you know, a full, super deep dive on games and teams and stuff like that. But just some things that caught our attention and, and showing those teams some love and things like that um, as we work back through with some of the games that we've seen. But I'll lead us off. Um, I went down to, I didn't realize, you know, I grew up in Houston, but I grew up on the North side of Houston and I went down to Angleton, um, to see Galena park and foster play. And I didn't realize how close to the Gulf that is. You're basically in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, down there, but it was one of those days was kind of Austin weather was sketchy. And I was like, I haven't seen a Neomar Cho in a while. I haven't seen foster this year. I wanted to see Chase Batten pitch. Who's a junior committed to Arizona state. And then Micah Dean, who's a senior signed to Kansas State, wanted to see him in action. And Ochoa, well, being an MLB, you know, top draft prospect and things like that. So Foster got the win that game and ended up winning that round before being knocked off before by a really good Barbara Hill team in round two. Um, you know, it was good to get some eyes on Ochoa. I, physically, I mean, he just looks like a guy who's just like, you know, here's the checkbook, you know, write your check for how much you want to sign for just a great, great looking prospect physically, probably about six foot four, 
is really taking care of himself. Um, didn't have a, a successful game at the plate. Uh, ran four two eight down the line. I hadn't seen him play the outfield extensively before, and it just happened to be one of those games where he had a lot of balls hit his way, which is great for us. Sometimes we'll watch guys for six games in the outfield. You might see them get three balls the whole time. You don't really get a feel for how they move, how they track, what their motor's like, that sort of things. And he he impressed me with the way he moved out there in center field. He tracked the ball pretty naturally. I uh, took some good routes and I just love that he wanted to be a part of the action. Like he, he played shallow center field and he came up charging a single one time and tried to throw out a guy at first base and, and got kind of close. We know he has a big arm. He's been up to 95 off the mound. Uh, the tools are all there. Um, you know, there's, I think that there's, he's just such an intriguing guy. And this is what I saw again, is that there's a, there's a pretty big gap between where he is now and where he could be in the future in the right development situation and things like that, because there's a lot of raw tools. There's a lot of raw ability, um, but it hasn't quite all blended in to just kind of be that, that super smooth operation hitting or that super smooth operation pitching. But there's the arm strength, there's the athleticism, there's the 60 grade future raw power. It's all kind of in there. And he's a year younger than than most of his peers in the senior class. So it's yeah, going to get some eyes on him. I really like the motor. I, I like the way he moved around the outfield. I, I still really believe in the tools. I think that he's going to be a guy once we start getting to MLB draft time. It would be a surprise to me if, if he doesn't get drafted and signed. It just seems like that's where this one's going. And I think in the right development situation, I think that there's a lot to unlock. Um, it could really tap into those tools. For Foster, um, Chase Batten threw well. He's about 84, 86, mostly bumped 87 a couple times. Kind of a unique look. It's like a low slot lefty look, and it's kind of a low angle slot too, to where you know they they talk about like vertical approach and things like that. You know, the way the ball comes out there uh, allows that fastball to play up a little bit, uh, a little bit tougher for guys to, to see, especially when you kind of create some carry through the zone there. Um, get the breaking ball over sometime for some whiffs. Uh, was in and out with control early on, and then kind of found his groove later. I need to look back at my notes, but I think he struck out like like six of the last seven guys he faced or something like that. He was rolling in there in the middle innings until uh, pitching his team to victory. But I was really excited to see Micah Dean. He got hurt late last year when he was at Fort Ben Travis and he just had a really quiet summer, but I've always really liked the tools and he hit two doubles and then just an absolute bomb um, that was really struck well. Uh, he kind of reminds me, so I'm not comparing him to this player and saying he's going to become that, but this the setup, the swing, the body, it, it kind of looks like a, a, a mini little Alex Bregman, um, you know, kind of huh. that type of frame, that type of setup with the elbow and the way the hands work and things like that. He plays shortstop for Foster. From what I've heard, Kansas State really likes him as a potential center fielder, and I can see it. He's got the arm strength. He's a guy that's been in the low 90s off the mound in the past. Uh, but just a big-time performance. One of those guys you could tell just was a little bit different than everybody else in the field, especially in the batter's box. Uh, and he ended up being the star of the show for Foster there. So, um, you know, that's, that Barber's Hill matchup for them in round two was really, really tough. We know how good Barber's Hill is. But uh, Foster will be back again next year. Um, they lose Dean, but they've got a lot of arms coming back. Uh, that should be uh, really big-time seniors for them. Um, also, when I was down in Houston, I got a couple innings in at Klein Oak and um, in Cypress Falls. Wanted to get a look at Matt Scott, and I'm glad I did. Uh, second at bat, he had a grand slam <laughs> over oh. the left center, over the left center fence. Uh, just you know, took good swings. We know the power is there, but you know, I didn't see a single whiff. Um, just really locked in, tracked the ball well. Um, I, I, I ended up leaving, I think, in about the third or fourth thing to go over to Cy Woods and Tomball Memorial to see that game. And I think Scott ended up with like six RBI or something like that. Just had a monster game for Klein Oak, who's still playing in the playoffs, and he's a big reason for that. Um, yeah, physically. Yeah, that'd be Grand they, Oaks, huh? Yeah, the Battle of the Oaks there, Grand Oaks and Klein Oak. Uh, and, you know, Grand Oaks getting some of those arms healthy again. That should be a really good, really good series there. But uh, Scott, I think that he's – you could see he's kind of grown into his body a little bit more. He was kind of a, you know, we saw him in area code, kind of a taller, longer, projectable. He's starting to kind of fill out a little bit more. And I think that's shown with the way the ball comes off the bat there. But definitely one of the top power hitters in the state of Texas, one of those top junior prospects, period, in the state of Texas. 
And I think later in that same series, he hit another homer, which might have been either eight or nine on the year. So he's really tapping into that power. And that'll be an exciting series against Grand Oaks. But Owen Smith, who's heading to no, they play, they play, they play Cy Woods this week. They beat Grand Oaks this past weekend. Oh yeah, 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 right. The Battle of the Oaks. Yeah, so it is Cy Woods. You're still, you're still in, you're still in week one in your brain here. I know. Yeah, my brain is all over the place. Yeah, Cy Woods client. Ooh, that'll be you know. Some uh, some good lefty arms there against Matt Scott um, yeah. at Tomball. It'll be fun to watch in that series there. But um, Owen Smith hit leadoff for them, and I was like, man, this guy looks really good. I wonder if he's like a you know uncommitted, a senior maybe. You know, you know how it is. You feel like you want to dis- discover those diamonds in the rough this time of the year that you can talk about and and things like that. Nope, McClendon already got him, and I was like, ah, oh, that makes yeah. sense. You know, like. Like physical, athletic, bat speed from the right side. Guy can really hit, run a little bit. And, yeah, McClendon's all over that one. So uh, that looks like a good pickup for them. And then Malcoy Stone, I can't remember. I think that's his name. Malcoy Stone, junior outfielder from Klein Oak. Uh, I think it was 4-1 down the line from the left side. Good-looking left-handed swing there. So he could be a guy to follow um, there as well. But got to look at Klein Oak. Um, Yeah, before they're – uh, actually their season keeps going there against Cy Woods. So it was good to get some eyes on Matt Scott, a guy that we'll see in the summer, but um, it's always like to, to get another extra set of eyes on those top juniors before we see them this summer. We just, we love seeing guys in the high school environment. And uh, it's one guy I want to see um, run through Cy Woods, Tombo Memorial real quick. Uh, Chase Lubbock for Tombo Memorial, uncommitted outfielder play center field first at bat against Mason green time 91 miles an hour. And it's in a rocket to right center field, uh, physical guy, two sport athlete, football player, uh, moves well, um, you know, just really swung the bat. Well, handled himself wearing the battles batter's box. Um, center field was a little bit of an adventure. Um, I think that he was kind of trying to play a little shallow and then got burned a couple times by side woods. Um, but uh, a guy that can swing the bat, and I think that it's, it's too talented to just be hanging out uncommitted. He can help a program there. And then Jake Barron, sophomore shortstop, really impressed with his glove work. Just the instincts, uh, the transfers, uh, showed some range at shortstop. I looked back, and we actually had some film of him earlier in the season at shortstop because he was a stand on another game that we covered. So uh, he's going to be a guy to watch this summer because he looks like he's got a true chance to stick there at shortstop. And then with Cy Woods, man, my first look at them, I just wait, I was waiting for them to play somebody good because they're so good. That lineup is just, it's ridiculous. When you look up and down that lineup, the, the D one commits, the Juco commits, the future D one commits a guy like McLean Helton, who blasted an opposite field Homer from the left side. He looks like a guy that's going to be a D one guy this summer. Uh, But Sam Myers always hits when we see him heading to TCU. He's a dude um ethan fairs three for four looks the part of a guy that that's really had a big senior season um mason green looked a little fatigued on the mound uh the strike throwing just wasn't quite what it's been earlier this year but he showed signs of life with the curveball uh he used that a lot more than the slider um didn't go to the changeup as much that's usually one of his best pitches uh fastball velocity was up to 91 kind of bounced around there but Sometimes the spin was there. Sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes the command was really good, and, and sometimes it wasn't quite there. But you can see all those ingredients to why he's had such a big season. Um, then Tristan Russell didn't have a good game at the bat, but he was 4-1-8 down the line. Um, got to a couple balls defensively that I don't think he would have got to last year. And his arm strength is ticked up. Um, he, he has the arm to play shortstop. And I think that's going to be a guy that, that starts out there at the University of Houston should he end up there. But I know recently he just eclipsed the uh, 100 hit mark at Cy Woods. So that's a big deal when you're racking up that many hits at a program like that. But so yeah, Cy Woods, Klein Oak's going to be a good one. That Cy Woods team, they just got Chase Morgan back on the mound. They're tough. They're tough. Their lineup is just loaded top to bottom. I mean, they've got a guy like Colvin Davis hitting towards the bottom of the order, and, and he's a legit juco prospect who can really really run so it just kind of speaks to the depth that those guys have they are the real deal yeah for sure i I, i'm excited to see where where that takes them the next couple weeks because their matchups um are definitely intriguing definitely intriguing uh yeah because that could be that could be uh what sidewoods and heath potentially in in that next see let me pull it up before i lie to you um, yeah, because it'd be it'd be Cy, the winner of Cy yeah, kind of plays right. winner of Midway Heath. Mm-hmm. Yep, that'll be that'll be a big showdown there. Um, and the, yeah, and then 
you know, there's a chance that in the regional final, um, <clears throat> our our picks to win the region match up between Rockwall and mm. uh, Rockwall and Cywood. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see um, if that comes to fruition or not. But they've got they both got some tough tasks in front of them to get there. But that would be a quite the matchup for sure. So. Yeah, should, should the uh, – well, there's also potential for the all-Rockwall region final again. But, um, again. yeah, whoever comes out of those 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 two in region two, that's going to be uh, that's gonna be quite the final for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, talking about that, I got to see a couple of those teams last week. But um, getting back to week one for me, um, I started off with seeing Highland Park and Arlington Martin. Um Arlington Martin ended up winning the series. Uh, Sam Webster was good on the mound for Highland Park in his outing, but for Arlington Martin, a couple guys that we've liked throughout the process, uh, senior Logan Myers going to mm-hmm. UTA, uh, Luke Nohenik that was on our GPA team, yep. um, had a good showing. Uh, and then one little junior that I like, Bryson Bentley, first baseman, left-handed pitcher. Um, he's going to have a chance to play at the next level for sure. But one of the things that stuck out to me about that game is – that was you got the playoff feel that like there was a couple of times where guys got out or got hit by a pitch and that you would have thought they hit a home run just by their <laughs> re- reaction, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what that's what the postseason's about. And you know, I thought that was interesting because you you could definitely feel the the temperature of the game change um, from what we'd been watching for prior weeks. So I got to see that game. The next next day, I went to see one of the longest the longest game i've seen this year um and one of definitely one of the most exciting uh between flower mound and prosper prosper had them on the ropes man that it was it was it was tough for them because they were 90 feet away from sweeping that series and yeah. moving on um but yeah so it was it'll be interesting um to see how far flower mound can carry them but there was one of those deals where like you said their backs were against the wall game mm-hmm. two um, and luckily they have a guy like Jacob Golston to go to, um, you know, it was 11 inning game, but he, um, he, let me see how far he went. He went five and a third struck out 10, um, was really impressive to me. Uh, breaking ball was solid. Um, that's something that, you know, if he goes, ends up in Norman and gets a little bit of time with skip, I mean, he, he's a guy that could end up a first rounder in a couple of years to yeah, me, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. The body is the body is good. The ball comes out of his hand clean. It's low effort. Um, just a, a lot to like there with him. Uh, Sam Erickson um, had I have I have him having five hits in the game. Wow, um, including including leading off with a double to to start the last inning in the eleventh. Um, but then he had a big hit in game three the next day too to um, to help them win. But Zane Becker uh, was really good behind the plate. You know, it's funny when you're watching catchers, it's just one of those positions that the less that you notice them, sometimes the better that is. Yeah. And, you know, he he handles really good stuff from that Flower Mound staff and just continues to just be a wall back there. Really impressed with him. Uh, Josh Glazer came in and eventually got the win. Uh, he was impressive on the mound. Um you know, like he is good get for Texas State with him. And then Evan Rollison was good in relief too. On the prosper side of things, Luke Billings um reminded everyone why he's one of the best prospects in the country in that 25 class. Uh had three hits, including a bomb in the top of the eleventh to get that inning going and try to bring him back into it. Nick Nava had a big game for Prosper um with a couple hits um and some RBIs. Michael Malott started the game and he was, he was really impressive. Like he, he was just a good example of how successful you can be just throwing the ball in there. Right. Yeah. Just over and over and over just throwing the ball in there. Good things tend to happen. I mean, he went eight in the third innings um, and just easy, low effort, just getting outs. And uh, he was impressive. Um, and then Cole GM Giamatta had a couple hits in the game as well. Um, so tough way to end the season for Prosper, but you know for Flower Mound, like this, that was a game that they'll look back at if they end up going pretty far. That's going to be a game that they can. Oh yeah, I was falling, I was, I was sweating it, and then I, I, you know, I was like, man, I'm an idiot. Oh, uh, it was well, it was, it was intense because because we know how good Prosper is. Like that's a that's a that's a really good team, especially offensively it, that lineup. 
tense. Like in, we always talk about how good of a film setup um, that Prosper yes. schools are, right? Because you have that little area down below mm-hmm. the stands where you can move around freely. But it wasn't as easy to move around this night because down there on either side of us um, were the Prosper students and the Flower Mound students. Oh, boy. And so Brooks, myself, and a cop, uh, kind of served as the uh, barrier between the two groups. And I would imagine that those two schools are not um, sending each other pleasantries anytime soon, but it was heated and it was, but it made it fun too. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was part of it. You know, there was some momentum swings in that game. Uh, but yeah, just, the next day, Saturday, I went and watched Grapevine uh, play Midlothian Heritage. Grapevine came out with the win. Uh, my first look at Dason Hill on the mound uh ball comes out of his hand well um i i was impressed with him you know he he looked tired to me um mm-hmm. like a lot of guys are you yeah, know a lot of young of year, young yeah. guys yeah i mean it's just you know he's a guy that as he continues to you know add some weight and get more physical he's going to be a force mm-hmm. um but you can see the the way the ball comes out um is right he can spin it he's competitive um, all the things that you would look for in a guy, if you're a D1 program looking for a pitcher, and obviously DBU has got him right, right before he really blew up. Um, yep. So that was a, another good eval by DBU. I mean, we've talked about him before, but um, I was impressed with him in my first live look. Gianni Corral, uh, A&M commit, was, was really good. Another guy that, man, I would love to have the – quote unquote problem uh yeah i say quote unquote just so people can that aren't watching can see but like those two guys are going to be living in the cafeteria over the next couple of years like that would be <laughs> a dream for you and i um but those are those are two guys that are really really good ball players um and, and you know how elite they become is ultimately going to be how uh, you know, revolve around how physical they can yeah. become and how, how well they can hold up with the rigors of a college and ultimately professional schedule. Um, mm-hmm. But really impressed with them. Ryan Williams had a good game as well for Grapevine. On the Midlothian Heritage side, Hunter Trogic, um is a senior that I really like. You know, I know his dad was a high school baseball coach down in the Austin area before, and you can tell, you know, he plays like a coach's son. He's always in the game. Um, no, you know, he, you could tell he was always a step ahead of things as far as what he was looking for and paying attention to, uh, but he can really hit, uh, you can tell he's got, he's been in the cage before from a swing standpoint, but he also looks to have a plan and that's not, you can't say that about everyone. Um, uh, but you can tell he's an advanced player. Um, Roman Cariaga is a guy that just, man, he's got some juice. Um, stat sheet doesn't tell you a whole lot from that game, but, Man, like he's one of those guys that you go and see, and he's got a big time arm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's twitchy, he's strong, he's got some bat speed. He's he's gonna be a D1 player for sure for me. Um, I actually get to see him again this coming weekend, so I'm excited about that. And then, you know, we talk a lot about that 2025 sticks team. Uh, Carter Rutenbar from Midlothian Heritage can really hit, really hit. Um, you know, he he drew a tough assignment as a lefty facing one of the better lefties in the DFW area. Uh, but man, he was on it. Like you can yeah. tell just, just the way he, I mean, you know, sometimes you can tell a guy's on it just by the way he takes um, when he took some hacks too. like, he, you can tell he knows what he's doing at the plate. Um, major D one player for sure. Um, caught well, He's really athletic. He's strong. Yeah. And that video plays- y'all got, like, he's, I was like, is that a senior? <laughs> like, he's like, yeah. the bat speed and physicality, it's, it's, it's there. Yeah. He's big time. Um, and, and, you know, like, he's, it's funny, like, he gets a lot of heat because he's one of the, you know, well known players in the district. Um, and it doesn't seem to bother him at all. Right. Like, you know, he, he's, he, he gets taunted left and right by the teams they play. Um, cause everybody knows who he is and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's hard to look at that as a, um, as a compliment, but ultimately that's what it is. And it is. And, yeah. And it didn't phase him at all. I mean, you know, if he didn't know any better, he just looked like he didn't even hear it. So, um, you know, and that's a, that's a trait that is not displayed by everyone, <laughs> you know, especially at this age. 
yeah. but he he just has the presence of a much older, much mature, mature, if that's a word, um, player. And, you know, I think he's, you know, I'll talk about it in the next game that we get to for the next week, but that 625 team is just absolutely loaded and they are coached the right way. And they just have a lot of guys that play the game the right way. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't see that as much anymore, but Carter Rudenbar is one of those guys, like I said, I bet on him to really, really hit. Um, and he's athletic to play a number of spots on the field and catcher outfield. I know he plays an infield too. Um, he's a major D one player for me. And I was, that was first time I've seen him this spring. Um, I like seeing him in that environment. He's competitive and and he knows what he's doing at the plate. So got a good look at them and that ended up my, my first weekend. So I still got, let's see, I saw grapevine still in it. Flower mound still in it. Um, so I, th- those are the ones that I saw that first weekend, but, um, what do you got from the second weekend? Yeah, I, well, first weekend I, I, um, I snuck over and watched the resumption of Lake Travis and Westwood. So Westwood won the flip and did a one game, but then that was the Friday where, well, I say that Friday, I feel like it's just rained everywhere for the last two weeks, but the weather came in Austin and suspended that game in like the third inning right after uh, Lake Travis's Dylan Schlotterbach hit a three run homer. So hmm. Lake uh, Westwood didn't bring back Ridge Morgan on Saturday and um, Lake Travis did bring back OJ Gonzalez on Saturday and he ended up throwing five shutout innings, just strike throwing competitive heading to ACU. I've just been a longtime fan of him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Changeup's gotten better, 81 miles an hour, throwing that for strikes now, through strikes with the breaking ball and the fastball. And then they turned it over to uh, Caden Leon for the last two innings, and he was up to 94 miles an hour. Velocity's been there every single time I've seen him, which is a pretty impressive feat for, for a guy his, <clears throat> excuse me, a guy his age. Hank Benny had a big knock to blow that game old open. Cole Johnson's been really swinging the bat well every time I've seen them recently. So Lake Chavez kept marching on, and – um, they actually move on. They're playing San Antonio Johnson this this round, which Ooh. will be a really, really good matchup there. All those arms for Lake Travis versus that lineup of Johnson. But so I saw a little bit more of Lake Travis. Um, and then this most recent week, uh, you talked about a long game you saw. I was at that Round Rock and Reagan game Friday night. I think it was Friday night. Ended up going 11 innings. Um, Travis Sikora was pitching against Reagan. Threw well, threw into the seventh inning. Um, after he walked the first couple of batters, they got him out of there. But um, threw well, was up to 98 a couple of times in the first inning. Um, you know, Reagan, uh, Brittany Greer, who's heading to St. Mary's, and, and Andrew Ermis, who's uncommitted senior, which I, I'm kind of baffled that he's still uncommitted. Although his dad's the St. Mary's head coach, so that's just kind of one of those deals where is he going to go there, I think, or is he going to go somewhere else? But he's – He's a legitimate mid-major D1 guy. If you need a catcher, that's that. look at him because he threw out three runners and, and he also had time to secure a fastball and hit a hard base hit. And once, you know, Reagan jumped on a couple of heaters early and then Sakura settled in and the slider was getting whiffs from about the third through sixth inning, started getting whiffs there through the splitter first strike at 86 miles an hour, competed well, gave, you know, left the game with a six to the two, six to two lead and, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the Reagan lineup come up and it's like, okay, um, two hole is a lefty. So round rock brings in a lefty to face, you know, a lefty with the runners on first and second, no outs in the seventh. And he hits the batter of the first pitch. And I'm thinking, well, you've got Greer and Ermis coming up here and you talk about like physical seniors with power. Like that's these two guys, like they look the part of masters. And in my head, I'm thinking, we've got Cade Weibel over there in the bullpen. Like, once Sakura started throwing these two guys sliders, they struggled with it. You know, you've got Weibel, who's low 90s with a slider. You know, probably want to go to Weibel, right? And he's just get he's like, they got him going late. So he wasn't warm. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, this could be trouble. Um, Ermis hit a sack fly to make it 6-3. And then Greer comes up with two runners on base. And I'm like, oh, boy, they're tempting fate here. Sure enough. Greer gets into one and mashes a game tying home run in the seventh inning. Um, and it's just like chaos. It was a great atmosphere. It was at Concordia university, a ton of Reagan fans, a ton of round rock fans, obviously making the quick trick over. Um, and it was just like the round rock part was stunned. 
Uh, the Reagan side was going crazy, and that just turned into kind of a back-and-forth thing until the 11th inning. Uh, Reagan actually took a one-run lead, uh, but Round Rock was able to score two runs in the bottom of the 11th to win. Uh, Ren Andre Wartha, shout-out to my guy here. Uh, bases are loaded, tie game, one out. He hits a ball on the ground, and he knows I can't get doubled off. I've got to beat this out. And he just books it down the line. Probably the fastest he's ever run in his life. I think he was like four, two something. <laughs> and he's not a runner. Um, he's more of, he's more of a power hitting first baseman than he is a runner. So he's getting down the line, head first slide, uh, beats the throw. The round rock dugout goes crazy, sprints onto the field. They and then winning the game on that um, eight to seven, but just a really, really exciting game. Cade Weibel was feeling it, man. He was up to 94 miles an hour. That's the hardest I've ever seen him throw. Just had the adrenaline going, gave them a lot of run out of the bullpen to keep keep them in the game there, give them a chance to win. He threw well. He said to McLennan, uh, Hudson Ellis, our guy again, we talked about DBU. This is another guy that DBU got it on early. He made a couple of just brilliant defensive plays at shortstop look easy. He has a great internal clock. He backhanded a, play, a ball deep in the hole, and he just backhanded it and just kind of lobbed one over. And I'm thinking, man, he never really put a much put a, enough on there. He knew who was running. It was the perfect amount of arm strength for the throw. Just like totally easy situation for him. Uh, he also gave Round Rock a three-two lead early on by uh, driving in two with a hard base hit. Had another hard base hit as well. He's just a really, really good player. Um, that's that's got to be one of the better defensive shortstops in the state. Um, Cole Cravens, a catcher, had a nice game for them to swing the bat as well. But it's a really great high school baseball game. Uh, we knew it heading into that because both those two teams are, are really, really good. It's a bummer for Reagan that uh, Aiden Coleman broke kind of like a really tiny micro fracture in his wrist. So he was out, wasn't able to do anything or else we would have seen Aiden Coleman versus Sakura in that first game. Uh, but Ashton Beard, who's heading to New Mexico Junior College, shortstop, left-handed hitter, uh, smacked a really hard base hit off of Sakura fastball, put down a bunt single as well. He made a, a fantastic tag at second base on a caught stealing, one of those Javier Baez-ish tags that was just a super athletic play. And I got this one on film, too. There was a ball hit in foul territory down the line near the fence, uh, excuse me, near the wall, and... You can kind of see it in the video. I put this on the pro profile page. The third baseman, Jeter Battles, is ranging back. And here comes Ashton Beard flying into the, the photo, uh, sliding into the fence, trying to catch the ball in extra innings to win the, to end the inning. He, they ended up making the catch. But, like, just putting his body on this line, this guy shows what kind of competitor he is, what kind of player he is. Uh, really excited to follow his career there at New Mexico Junior College. He's got a bright future. Um, I mentioned Greer and Ermis. Uh, Caleb Capaccio uh, is the starting quarterback at Reagan, also runs track as well, plays center field, really good athlete, physical, can run, had a nice day at the, at the plate for those guys. And then Ryland Rangel actually carried a, a shutout into the fifth inning, a junior right-hander and infielder as well, uh, before Round Rock started to get to them. But it's a really, really great, great game. Uh, Round Rock ended up winning that series, which shuts up a showdown between them and Westlake, you talk about standing room only. Uh, those Thursday at Round Rock, Friday at Westlake, it's 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 going to be quite the atmosphere between those two teams. Um, but Round Rock just, just hangs on. Uh, you know, getting through Reagan was a really big test, and then Westlake will be an even more difficult test um, there with a the chance to play for a regional final. And then also um, went to get another look at James Elwinger, Magnolia West, since he was pitching about 20 minutes from the house. Uh, through a complete game uh, to give Magnolia West a win. His last pitch was a strikeout on a 94-mile-an-hour fastball. It was kind of interesting. He was about 88-92 early, and I feel like he just started getting loose later in the outing. He started throwing harder kind of in the middle and late innings than he was earlier on. And he wasn't as good as I saw him earlier this year when I saw him against Lake Creek when he was out of this world unbelievably good, throwing 98 miles an hour, two breaking balls, and just dominating with 14 strikeouts. Did strike out 10. Uh, there were some innings when you saw the curveball and you saw the slider. There are a couple of innings where they kind of blended a little bit, but there's some intriguing feel for spin there and feel for potentially two different breaking balls in the future. Again, through the splitter, um, you know, threw that to lefties with confidence, threw it for a strike a couple of times. When he missed, it was down in the zone, kind of the right execution there, but uh, competitive uh, through a lot of strikes. I think he threw about 70% strikes with the distance in that game. 
uh, got the ball, just wanted the ball, got on the mound, and he was coming after guys, working quick there. So uh, definitely a lot of scouts there checking him out. Uh, I know he's given those guys a lot to think about. Um, just, you know, a really, really intriguing outlook long-term for, for an athletic right-hander there. Uh, Caldwell McFadden, again, really impressed me with the, the way he just – we talk about guys that take pitches. The way he takes pitches really stands out to me. Um, and then Cody Palacios hit a bomb to left field, a sophomore outfielder. He caught our attention when we watched Lake Creek, and he had a big game at the plate for Magnolia West there. Uh, he's not a physical guy, not a big raw power guy, but I think the the, the swing just creates some carry and impact off the bat, and that kind of surprises some people. Uh, he moves around well also. And then Trenton Buckley had a really hard base hit, um, swung the bat well for those guys. But um, Elwinger, again, was good. Um, you know, I know the start previously, he was kind of coming off an illness and didn't quite feel himself. Um, he might have still been kind of getting over that. But uh, seven innings, 10 strikeouts, complete game victory, gave up three runs. Uh, but once he got going, a lot of whiffs with all his pitches. Um, and then at, at some points was showing that four-pitch mix that – as scouts are really excited because it's just been a, a true step forward for him and his development um, and his ability on the mound this year. Yeah, for sure. I, and, you know, for me, I, I got another couple of looks at Heath and Rockwall. Um, and then I got to see a couple, I next two games, I got to see four teams that I hadn't seen this year. Um, so that was, it's always good when we can do that this time of the year. Yeah. And especially as I get to one of the latter ones, just, a guy that, you know, we've heard of, but in a sense kind of came out of nowhere, but I'll touch on that in a little bit. But um, led off on Thursday with Heath versus Mansfield Legacy. Um, it was a it was an interesting game because Dylan Schlegler, a guy playing at his future home at DBU, mm-hmm. um, leads off the game against Heath with a m- missile down the line for a double. Mm-hmm. Um, next guy bunts him over. And then Parker Ibrahimi hit a massive bomb to left field. And within like five pitches, Heath is down 2-0. And I was really interested to see how they would respond. And they answered the bell. And I think, you know, we've talked about them. And specifically, I've talked about them a lot as a team that, you know, if they gelled at the right time, they could be as good or better than um, than they've been in the past. Um, you know, and, and that's some really good teams because yeah. – you know, at top to bottom, this team is very talented, very talented on the mound, um, very talented across the board at, at defensively and at the plate. But I almost felt like, I mean, obviously there's no way to actually discern this or not, but I felt like legacy scoring quick like that was good for them um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, Colin Adams, you know, senior veteran on the mound uh, was the perfect guy to have on the mound for that because he went right back in there after the home run and then just continued to fill it up for the rest of the game. Um, and, you know, so that's a spot that, Hey, maybe a younger guy gets a little bit rattled. So I thought coach Harvey going with him in game one was a big deal, but just because, you know, you were going to get the same guy out of Adams, no matter right. what situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on the offensive side, and this is where they, they've been a little bit up and down for most of the year, you know, they've, They've got a lot of offensive talent, but it never felt like they could get two, three, four guys all at the same time producing. And this game may have been the stepping stone for that because they didn't score a bunch of runs last week against Wiley or the week before against Wiley, but they went out and just, you know, went double digit runs on, on a good Mansfield legacy team. And you could kind of see and feel some of the younger guys being like, okay, we can do this. Like we, Mm -hmm. we can, we can do this at that level. And I mean, I was making my notes before we jumped on. I was like, dang, everybody was on base in that game. Uh, Ryan Butler was on base. Colin Adams hit a double and had two walks. Uh, Brady Ladisau got hit by a pitch, had a two RBI double, and then a fielder's choice for an RBI later. Uh, Caleb Hoover on base all four times. Um, you know, and just Colin Lyles, a big RBI double. Uh, Weston Thompson on base three times with an RBI. Like uh, Hunter Bulin hit the hardest ball that I've seen him hit this season um, in, in that big first inning that they had. Drew Smith had a double and was on base two other times. Um, they, you know, that was the first time, and I've seen them a bunch this year, but that was mm-hmm. the first time where like it was just like pass it to the next guy, pass it to the next guy. And it wasn't anything like crazy. It was just, 
hey, get on base, get on base, get on base, and yeah. then, then get that hit. And they've got enough experience um, to where, you know, they can they can do some damage um, if the right guy comes up at the right time. But that's been the thing all years. They haven't been able to do it consistently. They never had enough guys on the same, you know, on not necessarily on the same page, but doing well in the same game. You know, it was yeah. always kind of sporadic. Like they may have six, seven, eight hits and one or two runs. But this time they were starting to match the the run production with the offensive performance, which that's could be scary for some teams that they might mm-hmm. be facing in the next couple of weeks. But um, really like that, that legacy team. Uh, Coach McMullen does a good job with those guys. They're competitive. Uh, they play hard. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to like about that team and that program. We've obviously talked about Dylan Schlegel a lot. We're huge fans. Uh, Parker Ibrahimi is another guy that we really like um, as well. So good you know not the way they wanted to end the season but uh still a good season um and a lot to be proud of for that program uh then the the next game of that double header um got to see rockwall versus mansfield and mansfield took it to rockwall in this game um you know they they pounded them and it was close for most of the game and then they separated at the end but man they they just didn't let up um you know mac rose coming off of a hamstring injury so he you know, he didn't even play the week before, so he was a little bit rusty. Um, made some really good pitches in his performance, but they they got to him eventually and um, won that game. Um, but on the Mansfield side of things, um, Braxton Van Cleef, um, one of those yep. 2025 sticks guys, is a monster. And he just looks different than most people on the field. The ball comes out his bat different. And he and there's a lot more in there too. Um, so that was a huge get for Kentucky coming in and stealing him out of Texas. Uh, David Hogg, uh, we've seen him a lot. Super athletic, looks good defensively. Uh, didn't do a whole lot in the game I saw, but I know he had some good at bats later in the series. Um, let's see, Zayden Perez had a really big game in Game One. Um, several R- RBIs had an RBI double early in the game. But he was impressive. Uh, Brady Milstead was good on the mound uh, going to Tarleton. Um, on the Rockwall side, Braden Randall had two extra base hits. Um, he provided most of the offense for that game. Uh, Pearson Reebok, you know, the, my favorite. I mean, I've, you know, we've seen him enough, talked about him plenty. But got to see him throw a couple balls from the outfield. Um, and it was ball jumps out of his hand. And then he comes yeah. in in game two. And was up to ninety two, and just that. There's a if he wants to pitch, he can pitch. He could you know, pitch. Yeah, he could. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's where he wants his future to be, but like it's there if he wants it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ball explodes out of his hand. Um, uh, you know, not the game I was at, but you know, we we're big fans of Keller Lindemann. Yeah. Um, and like we talked about some people earlier, he just throws the ball in there, man, mm-hmm. and that goes a long way. You can locate fastballs. I mean, he we've seen it over and over. Like he's doing, you know, he's getting complete games in like 75, 80. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's something to be said for that. You know, there's being efficient like that and just throwing it in there. You know, there's a lot of turf fields in this part of the country and Rockwell has a really good defense. So mm-hmm. let him work for you. And Keller's figured that out. And I think there's still another jump for him to make um, from a stuff standpoint, but man, if he, if he can keep within himself and just pitching the way he does, he's got a, a big time chance to go a long way on the mound. Um, and then another guy, you know, that this is a, you know, byproduct of having seen this team a lot, you know, kind of like I have Heath, but all these teams that make a run have a guy, right. That, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily comes out of nowhere, but maybe not the guy that gets all the headlines throughout the season, but um, Dylan Garcia made a play in the gap in game three that may have saved their season. Right. And, and that's the kind of play, you know, all the teams that end up um, that, that end up going far, there's always some moment in their season where some huge play or some huge performance comes from a guy that you wouldn't have guessed before. And most championship teams end up having that. So if, if my pick to win the region ends up playing out, you know, you can circle that play made by Dylan Garcia um, as, as one that catapulted them 
through the playoffs because you know that ball falls down you may be looking at a different game right um and, and i know he had a good offensive performance too but um so that was that was a good couple of games that i saw the first day um then i got over to see hallsville uh versus Denison on friday uh hallsville's got a chance man like they they are really well coached they have two good pitchers an elite shortstop some athleticism a good catcher they've got the recipe for the types of teams that it takes to win the state championship in Texas. Um, Coach Watley and his brother do a good job with that program. Actually didn't, didn't put two and two together, but figured out later that their dad coached in high school against me when I was playing, he was at Garland. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So baseball, small world, obviously, but Hallsville, they've got the ingredients, man. They're really impressive. Um, Sawyer Dunnigan, an elite player. He was on base several times uh landon bowden pitched the night before through a shutout in game one i got to see blake cox who's a name that may take off over the summer um hmm. you know i got a heads up on him from coach wiley but man he he is a good looking athlete he's tall thin athletic uh repeats his delivery well he was 85 87 and there is a lot more in the tanks uh threw some really good breaking balls, threw a couple changeups too that that had good good action to him. Uh, he threw some fastballs in on some righties that they just swung over like it was almost like a changeup. But that really impressed me. Um, you know, I, I I got to see him run the bases, and I think that that's something that I can take away on a pitcher like him. That man, yes. this guy's got some athleticism. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what made Skip offer Corey Knable way back in two thousand ten. I guess in his senior season um, was he actually struck out against Nathan Thornhill and got down the line really quickly on a pass ball third strike. And that's what like ultimately led skip to offer him. Um, But uh, Bake was super athletic. Um, That's that was my biggest takeaway. And there's a lot more in the tank. Zane Holder was good behind the plate, really good defensive catcher. And they've got a center fielder who I believe is the, is the quarterback, Ethan Miller who is really, really athletic. Like he, he just moves the right way. He ran down a ball in the gap that it was just like, he made it look easy. It was a tough play. Um, but just I, like I said, man, they've got, they've got the recipe. Um, they're athletic. They play good defense. They're well coached. They've got two pitchers, at least two pitchers, two good starters for sure. Um, and they, they may have a chance, man. I was really impressed with them. Um, and in the last game, I got to see Longview versus Corsicana and talking about a guy that comes somewhat out of nowhere. You know, we know this guy as a big time football prospect, mm-hmm. Taylor, Taylor Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my, you know, I knew, you know, we, because you and I follow the football recruiting so closely, we knew all about him as, you know, probably the top running back in Texas for this uh, mm-hmm. 2024 class. And man, I'm going to tell you what, if he wants to play baseball, he can play baseball for a long time, a long time. Um, he's obviously athletic. He runs well. He moves well. But, man, he, his game on, on the diamond is advanced for his athletic profile. I mean, like, he he takes good at bats. We saw some video of him facing against Zane Adams from mm-hmm. last week, and mm-hmm. he was, like, spitting on some good breaking balls yeah. um, and got a hit off Zane Adams. Uh man, he like, there's some juice in that bat. I can promise you that. And I mean, he obviously looks the part, um, but talk to him a little little bit. Awesome kid. Um, You know, it's just going to be a matter for him of what he wants to do. He runs track too, doesn't he? uh, I couldn't tell you that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I could have sworn he ran track or something. Cause I was thinking like, when does he have time to do baseball stuff? Cause he does so much, so much stuff, but well, yeah, the, I, I'll the, tell you, like, it, it was impressive. It was impressive for sure. Um, You know, they Longview, this was their first time in a long time they gotten past the past the second round, but uh, Taylor's a big part of that. Ronald Woods had a really good game. Um, <laughs> he, had, he almost made one of the most insane catches that I've seen this season on a foul ball down the left field line, but he was all laid all the way out. And they had to go check on him because he landed funny, but he also he lost the contact on the play. Um, but man, he was he was all over the place on Saturday. Um, had a couple RBIs, and then Jordan Allen, who I believe is the quarterback, also 
Um, had had some good moments at the plate and in the field. Drew Flores uh, started the game on the mound, but is their primary catcher. I believe his brother, like I think he's going to Houston. Uh, his brother's already on the team in Houston, but has some definite pop at the plate. And then um, Brett Gordy came in out of out of the pen and just finished off a like he came in when they were way down and he just finished it off, just kept getting outs, getting outs. And he's going to be a guy like there's going to be a lot of people around Longview that don't forget his outing in that game three against Corsicana. Um, on the Corsicana side, uh, Easton Autry um, uh, committed to A&M recently as a freshman, but man, he, <laughs> he can swing it. Um, he walked his first two at bats, but man, like you can just tell like he was on time with everything. You know, obviously he's young and, and, you know, the box score didn't, wouldn't tell you that he had a great game, but I'll tell you what, like he is definitely one of the best hitters in Texas for that age group. I mean, he is physical. He is advanced. You know, his dad is the head coach who I happened to play for back in, uh, let's see, 2002, 2003 with, with the Tigers. But um, Heath does such a good job with that program. It was a tough Tough way to lose. You know, they got up and then ultimately ended up um, losing the long view. But, man, Easton Autry is a special player. Um, really excited to see what he does. Played third base, came in to pitch, um, had a good outing on the mound. Just uh, it's going to be fun to watch him over the next couple of years because he's an elite prospect and an elite player. Um, just to really, you know, having been around his dad, uh, playing for his dad, like I know, I know the level of coaching that he's going to get, and there's not going to be anything that that he has not been exposed to on a baseball field by the time he gets to College Station. If if he gets to College Station, um, he's that type of player for me. But again, congrats to Longview, first time past the second round in a long time, long time, um, mm-hmm. and congrats, you get to play District Foe Hallsville. So. Oof. Yeah. Uh, so. so yeah, Tatum does run track too. Okay. Um, okay. He Not ran, surprising. He on April twenty first, he tweeted out, um, moving on to the regional track meet. He won first in the two hundred meters at twenty one seven. Which I don't know if he competed in state or not, but um, tw- Longview's five A, aren't they? Yes, they're five A now. Yeah. Yeah. So twenty one seven. I mean, like the state winner and, and man freshman running up 25 at 200 meters Oof. but that would have been like top 10 ish in the state like if he ran that at the state track meet so that is a very very good 200 meter time um so yeah the fact that he's picking up the bat and taking those types of at bats while running track while doing football yeah you know what kind of recruit he is with the visits and seven on seven and the off i mean that's that's extremely extremely impressive um, whoever is recruiting him should definitely recruit him for both sports um, because it's it's obvious he can excel in both right now. It's obvious he can excel in three sports right now, which usually those types of guys that can handle it at this level the way as easily as he can have a chance to keep doing it in the future, although we know the demands and balance it and things like that. But, yeah, it's a really, really exciting, exciting prospect, um, not just in football, um, in baseball too. Yeah, it's going to be a matter of what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. He's that type, that type of athlete, and by all accounts, talked to a bunch of people about him over the last week, and just supposed to be an awesome kid too. On top of that, so um, yeah, excited to follow him wherever he, wherever he ends up going to play whatever he wants to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is that's the kind of kid he is. But um, what do you got? What? Any uh any matchups you're looking forward to this weekend? I got a couple. I got a couple. Yeah, I was trying to map out my schedule um and just trying to maximize, you know, seeing the good stuff around here and also probably get down to Houston for a day. Uh, I'm I'm uh, unfortunately um Braden Sharp just carved up my Klein Collins Tigers. Uh yeah, struck well, out. didn't you I thought you had some big time scouting report on this. Yeah. I, I it's I mean he threw so well <laughs> that it didn't it didn't matter what report you had on him because okay. uh, and I I was messaging with them because I was trying to figure out what he was throwing this week and he was like it was you know he said it was one of the better starts he's had in his high school career so 
It must have all been working because he struck out 13 guys, and I think he threw a shutout, uh, seven-inning shutout. So they're matched up against Tom Ball, and that that should be a really, really good series down there. Um, I'm hoping to get down there for for a game um, when Sharp throws and, you know, Kader and B-Day and those young Tom Ball guys as well. Should be a really, really great series there. Um, also, I mean, Fort uh, Ridge Point against Cinco Ranch. Those are two teams that I think are both state title contenders. Just happen to match up each uh, against each other in this round. That's got a chance to be a really, really good series. Uh, Cinco Ranch can pitch, but they've also got some dudes in the lineup there as well. And we know Ridge Point just been winning a ton of games at, at a high rate. Um, rivalry matchup, Tompkins and Katie down there in Region 3 as well. Um, those two teams meet up in the playoffs again. That should be a really, really good matchup. We mentioned some of these other ones like Johnson and, and Lake Travis. Um, trying to look through 5A. Uh, it looks like 5A in my neck of the woods. Um, if this is right, Rouse and Cedar Park is a one-game playoff, which makes me oh. think that Cedar Park won the flip. Uh, because they've got a guy on the mound in uh, in in K Davis who's been really really good this year, uh, left-handed pitcher. Uh, and Rouse has has pretty they're deep for arms with a five, for especially for uh, a five eight program. So it makes me think Cedar Park won that flip. Uh, but you know, down south, Corpus Christi Ray against Corpus Christi Carroll. I'm assuming that's going to be. Standing room only down there. Um, you know, Magnolia West and Lake Belton is going to be a good one. Barbers Hill and Friendswood in 5A. That's that's going to be a, mm, a big-time yeah. matchup there. Um, Fulcher and Laporte is a one game, which makes me think Laporte won and has Diego Lazardo throwing that one game, who I'm a huge, huge fan of, of Diego Lazardo, especially um, getting to see some more of him this year. So that'll be a good one to see as well. You're – you're probably going to be checking out that White House Lovejoy series. Keeping an eye on that one. Those will be that's those yeah, are there, two five A teams that are that are really, really good. The, yeah, I'm I I may go to that game Friday. Um, that's going to depend upon another potential. I'm going to keep it a secret possible pitching matchup. Oh, um, oh yeah, I you don't want to spill. You don't want to spill any beans. We're not going to yeah, have any coaches. Coaches there's getting, a, up, getting upset with us. There's a chance that chance I make that game on Friday. Um, I think on thir- on Thursday I'm gonna go check out Geyer versus Jesuit. Um, yeah, that'd be a good one. I haven't. I actually haven't seen either team this year. I know hmm. we've covered both of them extensively, but I have not seen either team. So I'm gonna see them Thursday, and I'm gonna see either Lovejoy versus White House or my secret pitching matchup on friday so we'll see that one will be dependent on how game one goes in this series of unknown teams um but man i was looking through it there is a potential matchup next week that i have circled should both teams win um in, in both, 6a or 5 nope i'm 4A? talking 4, 4a because if it plays out um the way that it is on paper you know, if we're going with the favorites. There's a chance that Pleasant Grove out of Texarkana plays Salina. Oh, wow. Or a that that's a game that has a chance or a series potentially that has a chance to be, you know, that that'll be the that has a chance to be the hey, congrats, you get to play Sinton game or series uh, <laughs> at some point. So that's how I feel for all the 4A teams. Um but man, those two teams, talent wise on paper, they'll have a chance. Yeah. And um, and there's a potential too in four A. Um, the winner of Carthage Bullard likely well, gets China Spring China Spring in that next round. Well, let me just tell you, like that Carthage Bullard series has a chance to be really good. Yeah. David he, David Wilson from Bullard um is gonna give them a chance in every game he pitches. Um they're well coached. You know, Duke Ellis's dad, Robert, coaches that Bullard team. Um, and then, you know, I've got Carthage penciled in to win Region 3. So, um, just I can't remember if that's who I picked or not. No, I don't think it is. I might have picked China Spring. Yeah, you picked China Spring, I think. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's shaping up to a lot of these, you know, regional final games could be just absolute 
dynamite series. Um, but even just on paper, one, yeah, on paper, yeah. yeah. So we're going yeah, with we'll, favorites on paper. Yeah, um, yeah. It's gonna be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm trying to figure out. Oh, our guys, uh, uh, five tool festival guys uh, from El Paso, America's got the big win over. They Kansas sure did in South Lake. Um, that was a wild series with weather. Um, so I don't know how much, if any, that affected the outcome at all. But yeah, I know they they actually extended it another day and had to play off a couple innings. I think. On, and they get Saturday. Byron Nelson, who like has to lead the world in ERA. I they, feel like they, they, ha- they, they have. Everything they pitch is a shutout. <laughs> they they don't give up more. I don't remember seeing them give up more than one run Incredible. in a game in a while in a while. But they're 20 and 15. They're 20 and 15. They're 20 and 15, is... but they've probably given up 16 runs this year. <laughs> yeah. They've lost yeah. every game they've lost is probably one nothing. One zero. Yeah, one zero or two nothing or but, I mean, runs. That yeah. I like Allen Flower Mound is gonna be just yeah. That loaded. one's gonna be that's exciting. That's a good one. Um yeah, we're getting to the fun stuff. Get into the fun stuff. Yeah, you don't you don't make it to this spot by accident anymore no. so Mm-mm. you're gonna see some of the titans start playing each other some of the big names and mm-hmm. loaded teams and loaded rosters on paper so yeah i was yeah, a bit this, I, I i forget the exact number but tom balls accounts we did out like i think they've made it to the third round like eight out of the last nine years or something like that like that's well, just that's it is that's especially incredible especially con- considering who they're playing you know right. like it's i mean you know what's wild is like I feels like the playoffs have been going on for a month already. It's mm-hmm. been two weeks. Yeah, it does feel and like a month. They yeah. still have they still have three more series to even get to Austin or Round mm-hmm. Rock. So there's a lot of good baseball in front of us. So I'm excited. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it all works out. And yeah, it's it's major FOMO this time of the year. You've just gotta gotta guess with the weather and pick your best matchups and you know can't can't be at all of them unfortunately but plenty of good ones to choose from that's that's for sure and a good mix of everything you know san antonio east texas dfw houston south texas i mean there's a lot of really good teams from all over el paso like we said a lot of really really good teams remaining from from all over the state which adds to that excitement level there so um yeah. yeah excited to excited to get out there and, and check out those and then see what's left over on saturday in a lot of those if necessary games there could be some really good ones in my neck of the woods um which i kind of i kind of i'd be surprised if lake travis and johnson and round rock westlake don't go three games just i think those are going to be those are going to be just knockout drag out battles yeah um for for a whole series there so would, would surprise me a little bit um, if, if there's a, those aren't three game series there, so be fun, be fun. Yeah, like you said, it feels like it's been going on forever, and it's only been it's only been two weeks of playoffs, and still three more weeks to go. Um, yeah, you know, I think the the semifinals don't start until like June seventh or something like that. State semifinals, so we gotta get a ways to go there. But uh, anything else before before we get out of here, man? Oh well, one little thing. Um, Boy is start has his first T ball practice in the next couple weeks. Nice. So Winton got Winton picked out his first bat uh-huh. um, the other day. So I I gave him the ch- two option between two different bats. Uh, he wanted both, um, but we landed on one. I tried to hold him off on um, getting batting gloves until we knew uh, which what color or what his team's going to be called or what colors they are. Uh, but I was not successful there. Um, so we ended up with a bat, batting gloves. They don't make baseball cleats for, for his age group. Like they don't even make his size. Mm-hmm. So um, don't know what we're going to do there. Um, he may just be going – Buzz Lightyear shoes. I got a little traction on the bottom. So, um, but yeah, he already had his helmet. We got some T-ball. T-balls are expensive. Yes. I, dude, like 
it, I'm surprised was, he found a league that's three years old. I, I didn't. Yeah. I just assumed that always you started when you were four. Yeah, the rock. That's what I thought too. But Mary found it, and uh, he's gonna be. He's got a couple of weeks till his first practice. Got some of his little buddies on the team, and he is. He is ready. Nice. He is ready. Yeah. So we'll see. I I'm not gonna coach though. I'm not gonna coach. <laughs> Yeah, that's what Liz always asks me. He's like, are you going to coach all Jack's teams? It's like, uh, I, I'm going to try not to, but something that tells me that I'll get roped into it once once people figure out what I do for a living. Uh, oh, I don't know if this is like news news, but I just saw it come across the Twitter timeline. The week two matchup between Texas and Alabama will be a night six, game. 6 p.m. kick, yeah. Oof. That's going to be... It's gonna be uh it's gonna be an electric little atmosphere down there in, in Tuscaloosa for in that. T Town. So, yeah. So, uh yeah, 6 p.m. night kickoff there at Alabama um for that big time matchup. So yeah, well good luck with with T ball. Um I gotta get Jack out swinging it a little bit more. Um he's he's kind of getting there. I think I think soccer shots, like or they just running around kick a ball will be kind of his first deal. He's good at kicking. Um, yeah. <laughs> the hitting is, you know, we're all, we're potty training right now. So it's one, what, what's <laughs> one gigantic what's, challenge at a time. Are there any sports where you're allowed to bite? <laughs> yeah. These sports where you're allowed to bite or just yell at your opponent. Um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty good, but he's in a big Taylor Swift phase right now. So oh. every drive to and from, uh, are we, daycare are we school old old school taylor swift or no it's a lot stuff. of new stuff yeah it's a lot of new Ugh. stuff because my wife brought back she went to the concert in houston and oh. took some videos and he um, likes watching videos so now he's yeah. like oh yeah we watch videos he names them based on the the color of the lights that were in the video um oh. but yeah he's he's starting to pick up on the words it's kind of scary um mm. but yeah he's big into that yeah. right now okay uh, yeah yeah, right. we'll have to get the we'll have to get the bat back out. Yeah. Oh, the the <laughs> yeah the the adventures of of being a parent. But all right, let's get out of here. Thanks for uh, tuning and listening to episode one hundred and thirteen of the Five Tool Podcast. You can follow us at Five Tool Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, everything we do ends up at fivetool.org. Make sure you're checking that out. Our premium uh, player profiles, all the videos, all the coverage. Um, all the ways we can help you as a coach, as a prospect. Uh, it's a great, great, great resource for high school baseball and for, for recruiting in, in college baseball as well. And also, too, we've got the uh, preseason showcase ID coming up at UTA this weekend, May 21st. Um, you can go to 5tool.org and under events and showcases, check out information there. It's a great opportunity to be seen. You get a one-year premium subscription to one of our, our premium profiles. Of course, all of our social media coverage, um, all those videos from there, leaderboards, metrics. There's going to be coaches um, there as well. It's going to be well-attended from coaches. Um, you know, McLennan, Weatherford, um, TCU. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple other ones as well. But a great, great opportunity if you're a guy that's like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm itching to play. I'm getting ready for the summer. I want to try to help my exposure or get out and see how I stack up. Um, go check out this event at UTA. Uh, be a great opportunity to be seen by some college coaches and, um, you know, get some metrics and things like that. Maybe you land at the top of one of our leaderboards at 5 and and get that social media coverage, get on that premium player profile as well that you'd have a subscription to for a year. So go check that out. It's a really, really great opportunity to be seen. Uh, but with that, let's wrap up. Uh, good luck to those teams still in the playoffs. I uh, hope to see some great action this weekend. And until we talk to you all next time, take care.